Welcome back to Mystical Sisterhood. This is your host, Maureen Spielman, and today I sit down with Barbara Horsley. She is an online educator of abdominal therapy for reproductive and digestive health, herbal medicine for women, mind-body therapies, and natural movement. She's been working in the healing arts field for over 25 years with a specialty in abdominal massage and visceral manipulations. She's worked with thousands of bellies and believes each one is uniquely beautiful and has a story to tell. She has a heartfelt enthusiasm for teaching people how to care for their reproductive and digestive organs. What lights her up is to see people connect with their inner beauty and wisdom of their bodies. So settle in and enjoy today's episode. I'm so grateful for Barbara for being here. See you in the episode. Hey there, welcome to Mystical Sisterhood. This is your host, Maureen Spielman. I started this show to highlight the intuitives, healers, and other courageous women that I've met along my journey and continue to meet. Through amazing interviews, I seek to ask insightful questions to uncover ways in which you, the listener, can apply the wisdom and knowledge to your own life. I believe that we're all in this together, so sharing healing and joy and bringing community together is both my passion and purpose. If you'd like to learn more about the Mystical Sisterhood community I'm building, please visit www.mysticalsisterhood.com. See you in the episode. Welcome back to Mystical Sisterhood. This is your host, Maureen Spielman. And this week, I sit down with Barbara Horsley. And um, Barbara was introduced to me through Alicia Isaacs House, who was a previous guest uh, talking about the Akashic Records. And she and Barbara had met at at an event and and um, Alicia had said, Maureen, I, I think that she would be great for your show. So welcome, Barbara. So happy to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're so welcome. And um, I'll tell the audience just a little bit about you so they have a little bit of a lay of the land before we begin the interview. But Barbara teaches self-abdominal massage and mind-body therapies for better digestion, constipation relief, scar tissue release, and emotional tension held in the body, um, in the belly, better menstrual periods, menopause, and uterine health. So I really think for our listenership, a lot of these areas are going to be beneficial to kind of uh, go more deeply into. So, you know, I, it was so interesting when I looked at your work, Barbara, because I shared with you that when I was a young girl, when I was seven years old, I had an accident and it was my, my sister, Susan is a listener and she and I were playing and we were tipping back and forth. We were on a table um, like a seesaw and she was a long rectangular table and I was on one side and she was on the other. And she said, Maureen, I bet you can't do this. And I popped up on the table with her and we both had our feet on the edges uh, across from one another. And we were rocking back and forth and rocking back and forth. And she jumped off and the table, I flew up into the air and the table flipped on its side and I fell smack dab in the middle of my belly. And of course, um, went up into a room to be in pain on my own until I got very sick and (laughs) we alerted my mother as to what happened. But the trauma there was um, a ruptured small intestine. 
And so, you know, that was a long time ago. So I have a scar that runs the length of my abdomen. And I've always been really curious about it because, of course, when I was little, there wasn't a lot of attention paid to it. And I've just been curious. And so this is one area that you do work around. And I'll just, (laughs) I just, I'm so excited to have the conversation with you because when I started to watch your Free the Belly course, I was like, wow, this is speaking directly to me. So we can talk about how scar tissue adheres um, to internal organs and all these things that I don't even know. But um, yeah, I, if there's anyone out there that, doesn't have that similar experience, but has scar tissue of any kind. That's one thing that we're going to be talking about today. So I will, I will stop there with that share that's applicable to the talk, but, you know, just welcome you and how, Barbara, how did you even get into this field to begin with? It's fascinating. Well, I was in college in my junior year and I was directionless. I didn't know what I wanted to focus on. And so I thought, well, I'll just go to massage school until I figure out what I really want to do. And then 28 years later, I'm still a massage therapist. But when I went to massage school, there is some courses that uh, really spoke to me working with energy medicine and um, polarity therapy. And So once you become a massage therapist, there's just so much more to learn. You can never stop learning. So I really like that about the profession because I'm a curious person. And when I worked with clients, I noticed emotions would come up with them and not, you know, sometimes tears would come up, not out of pain, but because it was releasing some kind of emotional charge within them. And as a body worker, I didn't know how to work with that. And so I went to the trauma relief uh, services in um, Oregon, and I believe it was Beaverton, Oregon. And uh, they taught a course in metapsychology. So how emotions are stored in the body. And the teacher would have this machine that had a skill a scale on it, like a, um, a a meter, and the person would hold on to these electrodes and, and just talk. And when they mentioned a certain subject, the meter would kind of go off the chart and she would say, let's come back to that. And she would work not from a talk therapy perspective, but uh, through uh, working on the meridian system to help release that charge. Mm. And so I don't know if you've heard of tapping or EFT. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's what she taught us. So when you experience an emotion, say, say you're sitting at the table with your family and there's an argument and you're eating a certain food, And you can feel as a child, you can feel like this in your solar plexus and stomach and you can't digest the food very well. And sometimes people can uh, develop a sensitivity to that food based on that emotion that was experienced in the moment. So we would, so the tapping or EFT for those of you who don't know is you're tapping on the meridian endpoints while you're focusing on the issue and to help um, discharge that stored 
energy. And so I learned that and worked with my clients with that and it worked really well. But as a body worker, I didn't want to talk as much. I just wanted to feel. Mm -hmm. And so I I met someone that introduced me to Kyle Klein and he was uh, is a practitioner of Chine Song, Chinese abdominal therapy. Okay. And in Chinese abdominal therapy, they um, each organ has a particular emotion, can store a particular emotion, and they look at it as it's a energy. So anger feels different than sadness or grief, right? And so. It was based on abdominal therapy. So we would work with the internal organs, teach healing sounds for each organ to release the emotional charge in that way. So we worked with um, the liver and the spleen, the intestines, the heart, um, the kidneys, all of that. And we didn't focus too much on the uterus, but when you work with the liver and the kidneys and the intestines and the heart, you're working with the uterus in an indirect way. But I was very curious in uterine work. So that led me to Dr. Rosita Arvigo. And the reason why I was curious about uterine work is my mom had a retroverted uterus when she was young. And it caused her all kinds of problem, back pain, even caused issues when she was pregnant with my little brother, really bad back pain and um, PMS and painful periods. And back then, the doctor said, well, you're done having children. Let's just take the uterus out. And she Mm -hmm. hadn't gone through menopause yet, but that's just what they did back then. And they've known since the seventies that the uterus continues to work and communicate the ovaries as well with the brain for 25 years after menopause, just in a different way. Uh And that if you take the uterus out or the ovaries out before menopause, you increase your chances of neurological diseases like dementia by ninefold. And my mom was diagnosed at my age with dementia at 55 and died at 62. So I just, I saw a lot of women suffering with uterine issues or displaced uterus that doctors would say, yeah, it's, that's just normal. It's, it's no big deal. And Dr. Rosita Arvigo focused on uterine placement. And so that's led me down that path. Yeah. Well, it's, I'll just stop there for a minute because I, it, what for me, what keeps unfolding is I I like talking to you about this um, being a specialist in the body, our organs are, you said the other day when we talked for the first time, and I've heard this before, but I love it that our issues are in our tissues. So Mm -hmm. our emotions, just like there's that basic for a lot of people, it's the basic offering, like learning, like, Oh, my experiences are stored in my body. 
oh my gosh, then it seems like another layer of like, oh, those experiences and emotions are in my tissues. They're in the different places in my body. So that alone right there in your training and going to the place in Beaverton and learning more deeply about that, that's fascinating. I mean, it must, it sounds like it just opened up worlds. And I really like just to comment on your path too, is that um, it's just taken a lot of different directions and you've, it feels like you really followed the thread of what was calling you next based on what you opened yourself up to learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was all uh, curiosity and yeah, it was what's next. And all of the modalities I studied in the abdominal therapies, the Chine Song, the Arvigo techniques of my abdominal therapy and visceral manipulation all had a component of the mind, body, emotional piece as well. They had the pure structural part, but they didn't separate the the emotional from the physical. Mm -hmm. It's like in the, um, even, even in my training with Katie Bowman in biomechanics, She's a scientist, a, a biomechanist. And when I went to do my certification with her, we did a whole week of just chest openers and, and moving our, our bodies, opening our bodies up. And that night I had just all these emotions come up, just, just crying. Mm-hmm. And I told Katie the next morning, she's like, cool. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> and so it, and then it went back to in that training in the trauma relief services, uh, we went to a grocery store where they have a little cafe and she, the instructor said, just observe people and tell me what they're feeling. And you start to notice their, their posture where maybe they're just folded in on themselves and you take on that posture and you can feel, oh my gosh, that person's yeah. sad mm-hmm. or agitated and so that that alone with what Rosita taught with Wilhelm Reich with our issues are in our tissues yeah. you know he he was a um psychoanalyst analyst in the time of Freud and he really stepped out of the norm and into kind of taboo for that profession where he started massaging his clients because he felt like that was a faster way to release these emotions from their body rather than years of talk therapy. Mm -hmm. And so he talked about these armor bands that we hold in our body, which are in the same spot as the chakra system, but he wasn't aware of the chakra system at the time. But he talks about, um, you know, around the chest, the pelvis, the throat, Mm. Um, the example I like to give is, you know, if you, you have a parent that says, you know, stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about yeah. what's that child do, but maybe tighten its eyes and its throat, his neck gets all tight and his jaw gets tight to try to stop crying and hold that emotion in. And it's protective in the moment, but if you're living in that situation all the time, it it results in the physical symptoms and maybe um, issues with the eyes or the neck or the jaw, TMJ. Mm-hmm. And as Wilhelm Reich 
quote said, um, it may serve you in the moment, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact quote, to wear this suit of armor, but then in life, it becomes impossible to dance if you're wearing it all the time. Wow. Yeah. That's such a good example of the how we um, tamp down our crying and our emotion when we're little. And how many, I think what strikes me with that example is if you grew up with, which so many of us did in our generation with not allowing our emotions in our houses, or our parents not so much um, to keep the peace, what <laughs> is that done over and over and over again, then a lot of energetic, is it, would you say, is it energetic block or what he called armor, or it feels like it gets um, like denser and denser energetically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It blocks the flow. And so with the massage and with clients, like when I had a treatment from Dr. Rosie Darvigo, mm-hmm. <clears throat> She massaged along my solar plexus or what she calls the cement posts, like right here between the navel and the xiphoid process. And she calls it the cement post because it's that area when something shocking happens, you get that feeling right Mm -hmm. there and you tighten up. Mm -hmm. And so she massaged that area and old memories from when I was maybe in second grade, these boys were teasing me, telling me I was stupid. And I I never thought about that until that moment. In fact, I never remembered it until that moment. And then I, I thought about how I went through life and feeling less than intelligent and stupid and never smart enough. Mm-hmm. And when those emotions came up, it was, it was good. It felt like a release, like things could flow better. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Rosie didn't noticed it right away. And she said, when emotions come up, try not to, um, try to figure it out. Yeah. Try not to go, Oh, this must be about when so-and-so did this mm-hmm. because that, takes a thinking mind takes you outside of the body and you need to be present in the body. So she said, think of it like a train going by that train can go by, but you don't have to get on that train and no one has to get off. Just watch it go by. Mm -hmm. So I combined what I learned from her and from uh, Tara Bach and um, radical acceptance Mm -hmm. about being present with the body and those emotions Mm -hmm. notice colors and shapes and textures Mm -hmm. and i guarantee it will move and so where your attention goes your energy flows and helps unblock that dam but we have to go in there with a compassionate heart Mm -hmm. giving yourself the attention like a good friend in need Mm -hmm. um just listening and observing not trying to control yeah. And just allowing it feels like that. What do you call that? Like a cement? What did she call it? The cement that post? Yeah. The cement post. Yeah. And how that released, because often when you experience something yourself, I was reading recently in a book, just like how we're here to have experiences too. And so just, and, and through experiential, we can move things, we can heal things. And 
that what you're describing being in the body and being with our body and taking ourselves, allowing ourselves to go into the body. It's a, it's a whole nother thing. I used to, when I was younger, I think I used to say like, my body feels this way. And my partner would always, he'd actually pick up on it, which was interesting. It was almost like I had the way I was saying it was almost like a dissociation from my body. It wouldn't be like, I feel this way. I would have this separation. And I didn't even realize I was saying it, but I think there really was something to it that, and, and, and it sounds like it could be intelligence too, but it was, does that make sense? Like the way I'm saying it was like, my body was this separate thing and it's all one yet our body does have a lot of wisdom and intelligence for us. Yeah, that make that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. Part of, you know, we talk in, in parts to mm-hmm. um, better communicate, but it really all is one. Mm-hmm. And so when I get a client that is angry at their body, because it's just not working right, uh, they're having horrible periods or having trouble with fertility and or negative emotions about menopause, like your body is doing a trillion things right in this very second. Mm. And your body is telling you these are messages. Your body's not broken. Mm -hmm. And so one of the beautiful things I love about this work is to connect people to those internal messages and change the way they look at things and then what they look at changes. I think that was a a quote by, um, um, I can't remember the physician. It's good. Yeah. I've heard it. Yeah. Change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. Yeah. And so again, look, giving yourself the loving attention, you would a good friend in need Mm -hmm. listening Mm -hmm. with an open and compassionate heart. Yeah. I love that. And Thanks for bringing up the example for menopause, because I think whether it's a younger woman experience, experiencing menstrual cramps or an older woman experience menopausal symptoms, it is, is there, you just gave an example of looking to your body, like what messages are in it for me? Um, What kind of messages have you seen come up for people in like, just take menopause is, would that be a question that is answerable. <laughs> but I think first it's like realizing what is your truth and what is cultural views of menopause. Okay. It's cultural views of menopause can be like, you're all dried up. Um, you, you have hot flashes, you're aging. Um, and you, so you were raised with the, that viewpoint, even when I went into um, the library and when I was in perimenopause, I'm in menopause now, I wanted to get Dr. Christiane Northrup's book, Wisdom of Menopause. And I I took the book off the shelf and I kind of like (laughs) went up to the counter. I didn't want anyone to see this. So I was going to read. And then I I started reading. I'm like, heck yeah, this is an powerful time in our lives. I looked at other cultures and how they looked at menopause is this is a, a time when you're you you've accumulated all that wisdom. And um, I think there is there is a quote that the the young girl is the 
the flower and the mother's the fruit in in menopause you're the seed that helps spread this condensed kernel of wisdom that you've accumulated for the years over the years and there's I'm I'm noticing in menopause I don't hold back as much about what I'm thinking mm-hmm. and I, I try not to make it emotional but um you know in before that I think there's kind of a keep peace kind of mm-hmm. worried about what other people are going to think or how they're going to react to you like if a woman is assertive um a lot of times her labeled as bossy instead of a leader Mm -hmm. thing. So (laughs) shifting that in your mind, and if people aren't okay with that, then you don't have to have them in your life. That's That's their stuff. Yeah. I love that. The pointing out though, of, because I do think it for other cultures, I haven't studied it, but just that idea that um, you're more of a wisdom keeper when you're moving into menopause and there's so much, to be said. And to your point with the, I don't care as much what people think of me when I share of myself is that I hear people, I hear women continually say that, like, there's something about it. I just, and they can be 50 plus or, you know, in that age range when that starts to emerge more. So thanks for saying that as well. So a lot of your work is around uterine. And then I love that about menopause. I I don't know. Is there anything else that comes to you that you want to share there? Um, about um, menopause? Or just, any, yeah, just from that part of the body or because you've covered sort of like the wisdom of the organs and our tissues and our body in general. Um, and then some specifics, what, what we go through as women. Um, yeah. So could be anything, but otherwise we can talk about your courses or, but I always like to, you know, give space to that if there's more. Yeah. If something comes up, I'll, I'll bring it up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I started, I, I really love your description too, like just the different kind of, um, trainings you've had and the, and the wisdom keepers who have taught you, you know, your craft, but um, I was real. I thought your course. You have a few courses that are available on your website, but um, just the freeing the belly. And I think what jumped out at me most—that's about abdominal scarring and somewhat you've touched upon abdominal treatment. But just how um, I think one of the things I got from it is that when we have scarring, and that goes for people who have had C sections, um, that adhesions can form beneath the surface um, and attach. And so maybe talk about that a little bit, because I I really found it fascinating, especially with C-sections, how if the adhesions are occurring beneath the surface that, that they can affect placement of different organs within and just things that we don't, we're, we're not educated on post-surgery and things that we just don't know about or think about. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Anytime surgery is performed, there's probably going to be adhesions that are going to be formed. And the scar is like an iceberg. Only 10% of it is visible Mm -hmm. at the skin surface. And then the surgeon, I believe that was a quote from uh, Jean-Pierre, which is, who is the osteopathic physician um, 
who I, I studied at the Burrell Institute in visceral manipulation mm-hmm. um, after the Maya and Chinese abdominal therapy. I continued in that direction. And so, yes, scar tissue can be from surgeries, traumas, infections, and the internal organs have a slippery surface that they slide and glide on. So they each have a motility, which is this intrinsic movement that they probably they think that it is as the embryo is forming how the organs mm. form and kind of unfold from the midline and they maintain that motility it's very subtle and um mobility which is from external sources like breath work massage intercourse and the uterus also has uh these in- innate contractions depending on where a woman is in her cycle. So if she's ovulating on the right, the uterus may kind of contract um, right before ovulation towards that ovary. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there can be um, disorganized contraction. And so that can get in the way of conception. And of course, at the time of mm. menses, the uterus is helping the blood to go out and down. So I, I found that very fascinating. OBGYN um, watched ultrasounds in very slow motion mm-hmm. to pick up on, on these things. And there's a, on my website, on the Alignment Monkey blog, there's a whole blog post about uterine contraction you can watch that that video Mm -hmm. um but so mobility so this is um the uterus different ways the uterus can move to the left and the right and she should be able to move in many directions depending on what's going on um as and up and down so with intercourse the uterus should be able to move and so if there's a C-section scar here mm-hmm. that could adhere to the bladder, which is in front. You see the bladder here in yellow. Mm-hmm. And so that can cause painful intercourse when, um, when um, there's scar tissue there. I'm sorry, your, your listeners okay. who have yeah. audio probably oh. are, are probably <laughs> going, what's she doing? But I just wanted to show you the different, this is a mobility mm-hmm. in that, um, mm-hmm. And then the motility might be more, you know, like this, mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. So in visceral manipulation, we're tuning into how the organ is moving and feeling the restriction and just kind of nudging it into the direction that it wants to go rather than from like, if you feel some people might think that if you feel a scar tissue or adhesion or restriction in the belly, you just want to kind of yeah. uh, do deep cross fiber mm-hmm. friction or tear it apart, but you don't want to do that because that creates wounding and then more adhesions. Yeah. Form. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we work in a way that you're taking the tissues in the way they want to go, just giving it a little nudge 
and then letting itself correct because mm-hmm. your body knows what to do. We just have to sometimes clear the pathway or just give it a little assistance when there's any kind of restriction. So when you do the visceral manipulation, when you begin to feel how, um, cause I know on your free, the belly, free, the belly class, it's, um, really teaching individuals to begin to feel and get to know their body, which is so um, beautiful too. But um, is the idea that when you work just gently with the outer scar tissue, do the adhesions start to let go a little bit or what's happening beneath the surface? Is there more blood, like blood flow to it? And so even with a scar that might be older? Yeah. So with any type of massage, the, even if it's not that specific, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're increasing blood, lymph, nerve, and energy flow to the area. And blood is bringing oxygen and nutrients to every cell in the body. Mm-hmm. And the lymphatics is um, nourishing the area and carrying away pathological debris. And you're bringing awareness and just blood flow to the area. So sometimes in the case of the uterus, if it's, it's tipped over, say um, tipped back against the rectum Mm -hmm. and it's just not moving that can cause lack of blood flow in there, but it can also affect uh, constipation, especially right before your period or your stools may be thinner. Yeah. Um, Or if it's tipped too far forward it can affect the bladder causing urgency Mm -hmm. and not a lot of pee comes out, but there's the uterus that's sitting on the bladder. Mm -hmm. There should be space in between, but those organs are structurally connected Mm -hmm. through uh, fascia or peritoneum. Okay. But they shouldn't be sitting directly on each other. So you can imagine if you, uh, we're sitting cross-legged for hours, mm-hmm. you know, your leg's going to fall asleep. You're not getting blood flow yeah. through the area. So the massage can help just yeah. basically improve the, um, the mobility and motility and blood flow. Okay. Yeah. That makes total sense. Um, and then um, you had said something, I don't know if it was in your course, but I thought it was really interesting how, if, if we were, if we experienced trauma when we were young, that will often not breathe into the area of the body. Can you talk a a little bit about that just for the listener? I thought that was really interesting and a call for deeper breathing, you know, as adults. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I incorporate breath work into many of my courses because when you're breathing in a full circumference breathing like into your your lateral rib cages rib cage is opening up you're creating this natural massage in the belly like you massage are mm-hmm. 30,000 times a day that's 30,000 little massages when you're breathing nice and full yeah and they've also captured this on imaging it's really cool to watch that um, as with a full breath, even as far down as the uterus, the uterus is moving a couple centimeters with the, that breath. But oftentimes we're just in the upper chest, maybe because we're stressed or sitting all the time. 
or like you mentioned, there might be a trauma in the pelvis mm-hmm. or abdomen, <clears throat> maybe a physical or emotional trauma. Mm-hmm. So when I was little, I fell off the bunk bed and fractured my hip. Mm-hmm. And when I breathe deep, it, it really hurt. Wow. And I've had um, ribs out where it just hurt to breathe into that area. So then you, you learn not to breathe into the area. So you keep your breath shallow and sometimes it just becomes habit where yeah. yeah. there's that emotional component mm-hmm. or an area of your body. You just feel disconnected from where you just don't breathe into that area. Yeah. And when you're not breathing into the area, you're not getting that nice slide and glide of the viscera and the blood flow to the area. So that's why I incorporate breath work. Yeah, I love that. Because I know in your work, first of all, (laughs) when anyone ever talks about breathing, it just I I feel like it just activates a slowing down of breathing in general. So (laughs) I don't know if any of the listeners like feel that too, but I feel like a lot of your work is almost like nourishment of our bodies because I know too that um, you're an advocate of the, an anti-inflammation diet, which is something that, you know, I hear over and over and sort of feels like my life's work to make choices every day to support that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So that nourishment you're saying of the breathing of our nutrition, that's so important for, for healing. Um, yeah, just for life and sustained long life. Yeah. It's how our body maintains that homeostasis or that balance within it does rely on those five systems of flow and nourishment. And of course, blood brings the nourishment mm-hmm. and with with diet, yeah, diet can cause inflammation in the body. Yeah. And inflammation can uh cause the lining of the intestines to break down and it can cause leaky gut. Then you have systemic inflammation and a inflammation over the long t- term can cause adhesions in the body. Mm-hmm. So that's where the making those choices of what you're putting in your body Mm -hmm. and how you're eating that food, because it could be a really good food. And then you're sitting in front of the TV watching something that's stressful Mm -hmm. or you're just gobbling it down because you only have 30 minutes for a lunch break you know, digestion starts in the brain before mm-hmm. we even put the food in our mouth. So being present with what we're eating, mm-hmm. smelling it, mm-hmm. um, the memory of food helps increase the digestive juices for that incoming food, chewing it well, mm-hmm. so you're breaking it down so that those digestive enzymes can actually get to those food particles. Yeah. Um, so it's good. It's, it's great advice slash reminders to take time. I often, you know, so many of us are more alone than ever because we're working out of our homes. And so maybe we're not even having that many shared meals. And I know sometimes when I eat my lunch alone, I'll eat it very quickly. And I feel, I don't know what that is, like almost like I'm in a hurry for the next thing. But what you're saying is 
putting more mindfulness to it, more intention. And I've heard that recently too, about um, my girlfriend was here and um, we were all making like a smoothie together and it was not blended down all the way. And she said, yeah, you're supposed to masticate it a little bit when you take it in to let those digestive, um, I guess, enzymes start to activate your saliva. And it's this whole process of, I feel like so much of the message these days really for so many things is the slowing down. Yeah. And a lot of times it goes back to really simple things like that. I I mean, simple as in, you know, foundational. Yeah. Might be more challenging in today's world because we have a lot of distractions or we're on a timeline, Mm -hmm. but, you know, making space to have a nourishing meal, touching the food. um, Yeah. We don't touch our food Mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, many of us that aren't gardening or, or cooking our own meals from scratch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so good. It reminds me of, I'm not sure I'm going to get this quote down are right. But um, you had quoted, I think in your free the belly course, Caroline Meese, and it was some I, I wrote it down, but it says what drains your spirit drains your body. So I'll say that again, what drains your spirit drains your body, what fuels your spirit fuels your body. Um, mm-hmm. And then you had suggested I loved the suggestion of, you know, what drains you and what nourishes you. Um so yeah, do you want to add anything to that? I love the suggestion. Sure. I think it's a good exercise to maybe start with a meditation and think about really what nourishes your soul. Mm-hmm. So for me, it might be walking in nature and looking at plants and yeah. seeing what's edible and what's medicinal and it connects me to the earth and my surroundings and it makes the walks so much more interesting Mm -hmm. for me Mm -hmm. and I feel happy I feel happy when I'm near a waterfall or in a forest and you can that changes the chemistry what's going on in your body Oh, wow. Yeah. There was um, a Harvard study that showed people a video of Mother Teresa, and it brought up true feelings of kindness in them. And then they took their blood samples and their, I can't remember what it, what immunomarker it was, but it increased their immune system for a whole week just from having true feelings of happiness And we well know what stress does to the immune system, but we rarely think about the other side. So how can you bring in um, what makes you happy? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we we forget about that. And then looking at what drain, what can you let go of? A lot of these shoulds um, or for me, it's like people that complain all the time or gossip. Mm -hmm. I don't need that in my life. I don't want, that's not productive to me. I find myself hanging out with 80 and 90 year olds lately (laughs) because the stories and the, their, their life um, perception and um, wisdom is just great conversations. They're still curious. 
Yeah. Um, they were just masters too, of telling stories. I think about my dad, he just remembered everything. And I think it's because when they were young, it was, you know, there was only the radio to listen to you and you heard the stories through that. And then the storytelling kept on going down uh, the line, but um, yeah, yeah. What's essential, right? What feeds our soul and what drains us? It's so important to look at. Yeah. Yeah. I love that exercise. Yeah. And just like with food, um, instead of thinking about what you shouldn't eat, think Mm -hmm. about all this wonderful food you can eat. And then you eventually crowd out the bad stuff. Right. Same thing when you're scheduling your day to add in things that nourish your soul, you're going to start to crowd out mm-hmm. what doesn't, the, you know, what drains your soul. Yeah. I think the truth of it is too, a lot of us end up getting pretty quiet and, and it might be uncomfortable because as we sink into what is nourishing to us, it is, it is much, much quieter. And maybe it used to involve bigger groups or outings and things like that, but we do change as we get older and the outer world right now is very busy. So I think we need our inner nourishment more than ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Just like a, a tree doesn't bloom all year round, you know, in the winter, the leaves fall away and the energy goes into the roots. And that's why I, I like, living with the seasons as well is yeah. I, I look forward to winter here. Now people might complain all the snow mm-hmm. and all this, mm-hmm. but I'm like, Oh, this is a time to make nourishing soups and okay. go inward yeah. and recharge yourself and read good books. And you can still schedule in social time and get out, but it's okay that your preferences change. Mm -hmm. You have to Mm -hmm. listen to your body and what you want. And one thing I love about my friends is like, if there's a party and I was going to go and I'm like, you know, I'm I'm just feeling like just nourishing myself and they support that. They don't guilt you. You go, come on, just (laughs) don't be a loser. You know, they don't do that. They support, they get it. They understand. I love the, um, I'm almost thinking, you know, you and I both live in the Midwest now. So obviously we get four seasons, but how much we um, sometimes fight the seasons. And, you know, I know that in the past I thought, oh, you know, gosh, the cold season, it's not for me, but you're bringing up the question of like, how can I embrace it? And I think that I have friends in more extreme climates in the south of the country, and those are those feel challenging to me in the ways even for them because there's not a break in seasons as much now currently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I we get away during you know a month yeah. um, last time we got away almost three months, but you know yeah. we have long winters here, and mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. My husband's um, helped me get out of my shell and want (laughs) to travel a little more during that time as well. But we do get our our winter time here in in, uh, Michigan and I'm trying to encourage him to go inward and and more cuddle time. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds nice. Um, Well, before we finish up today, Barbara, I are you, do you still see people in uh, person or do you do mainly offering your online courses? 
mainly the online courses. I'm not seeing any new clients right mm-hmm. now and I'm, I'm living kind of remote. Mm-hmm. So it, it's tough for people to get here and do follow-up sessions. Um, but right now I'm focusing on online. I love that. Yeah. So delivering yeah. your messages and the, and the work online. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you can be found at, is it nurture, nurturance.net? Yep. Nurturance.net. And from that website uh, in the main menu, they can get to my courses, the four courses I'm offering right now. And also my blog, there's lots of information on the blog. Yeah. Um, if any of this stirred up interest, like in the motility and yeah. or in health or you can For find sure. stuff there. Yeah. I love it. Um, definitely. I, you, um, had offered me the free, the belly course, and I just found it was just so your delivery and just the information provided into it. And I'm, I'm really excited to dive in a little bit deeper to begin to understand my body. And to, I think, I think these conversations in general, get us all more into the body. You have the special, you know, the specialty in the abdomen, but I think these conversations are really good because I think humanity is also taking us in the direction of, oh my gosh, for so long, we've been in the mind and thinking our way out of things and looking for the solutions so much, but what if so much was stored within us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the more we soft, soften, the more we can connect to other people as well without that defensive armor. I believe so. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. I'll put in the show notes the, um, you know, your website and the different resources we had uh, mentioned today. I only got to go a little bit to um, the, it was at Arvigo. Uh, website and I began to fall down a rabbit hole. And so I need to <laughs> discover that more because I like to look at who your teachers were too, but mm-hmm. the work is coming so beautifully through you. And thank you for being here with the listeners and yeah, we will put links in the show notes. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah. You're so welcome. Okay. Um, thank you for being here to the audience listeners again. I so appreciate you and I hope you got a lot from this episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mystical Sisterhood. If you love what you heard, please visit Apple Podcasts and subscribe and leave a review and share with a friend if you're called to do so. To learn more about my one-on-one coaching programs or join the Mystical Sisterhood membership, visit MaureenSpielman.com or MysticalSisterhood.com. Thanks so much. I'll see you in the next episode.